0: Welcome to the CRE Shark Eye Show, where we discuss commercial real estate. This is your host, Ishai Breslauer. Here we meet every Monday to talk commercial real estate and prop tech. We will dive deep into the different asset classes, discuss the market, talk about the new and exciting technologies, meet key people in the industry and get some inspiration. Let's begin. Hey guys, before we start, I just want to point out the six best secrets for commercial real estate. It's a free download. Go to the text side and you will find it. It has absolutely great information, completely free. How to become a landlord, how to determine the value of a property or creative financing for commercial real estate. All of it is completely free. Go download it. Also, I want to point out my CRE crash course. It's a two-week must-have program with the must-have skills for commercial real estate, like investment strategies, the must-have financial terms, how a deal is done. Go take a look at it, go to the text side, and click on the link. And now, let's continue with our program. Hey, guys, how are you? This is Ishai Breslauer, your host of the CRE Shark Eye Show. Hope you guys are doing fantastic today. We have with us today Patty Si from Los Angeles straight from LA in a better weather for everybody. So how do you say <laughs> it, your heart's out. And uh, we're going to talk about lending and debt in, in some detail that you guys probably haven't heard before, or maybe you did, but uh, I would say you have a lot to learn. We have a lot to learn and uh, we want to hear her. Uh, Patty, thank you so much for being with us. Thank you for having me. Pleasure. You know what, before we start digging into how you got into this whole thing, if you could give us like a two minute elevator pitch of what your business meaning, what the bank is about, what your position sure. is about, where do you work? Meaning. Okay. We would like to, we would like to hear everything. Go ahead.
1: Sure. Uh, yes. Uh, I currently work for first bank SBA and we are strictly SBA lenders and we only do seven, a financing. Now we've started to do some more 504 financing for commercial real estate. So we're starting to do that, but, you know, generally we're 7, 7A lenders and we provide financing for business acquisitions, partner buyouts, expansions, management buyouts, long-term working capital. We also provide financing for debt debt consolidation and specialty use real estate. So any real estate that is like restaurants, car washes, gas stations, assisted living. We also will provide financing for just general use properties. Um, And the best way that we do that is by providing 100% financing on those types of properties. So um, that's really the gist of what I do.
0: Sounds beautiful. I already have like a thousand questions. So great. uh, it's going to be fun. But you know what, before we dig into all that, how'd you get into this whole thing?
1: Yes. I, I, it's interesting. I actually started out as a lawyer. I was a lawyer for about five years. I was a criminal prosecutor and um, I wow. moved to, yes, I moved to Los Angeles and- How was that? I was, I, I'm sorry. <laughs> How was that? It was great. I mean, it was, you know, it's, it's a really great job because what you're doing is that you're really helping people, you know, and right. you're putting away bad guys. And I really enjoyed doing that. It, it was It was very fulfilling. Um, and when I came to Los Angeles, I decided, you know what, let me just do another type of law. So I had to take the bar again. I passed and I was going to go work for a bankruptcy firm. And I went to a job fair with one of my friends just for him, not even for me. And Wells Frago was there. I started speaking to the guy at Wells and he really liked me. And, um, we decided that it would be great for us to work together, but he wouldn't give me a management job right off the bat. He said that I had to start selling. So, uh, he was in their merchant services group. So I sold merchant services door to door, kid you not, for six months. After four wow. months, I was uh, I was the number one producer. And then they gave me a management job. And then I just kind of moved on up. I moved to the business banking division. And then um, I started work- I was a Wells Fargo in their business banking division. And then I left. I raised money for private equity funds for a few years until the market crashed. Then I went back to banking. I was a regional manager um, at a few banks. And then uh, I really fell into this type of specialized financing due to my background in investment banking and knowing deal structures.
0: You know what? So there's something that I need to ask you, Um, because having this career path Mm -hmm. and you're starting as a lawyer in the criminal system, right? Yes. Yes. the judicial uh, system, dealing with, as you said, putting away bad guys, which made you feel nice. But the learning, I would say the knowledge base for finance is definitely not there. There's no knowledge base for finance in that field. And you got into it. And my question to you is, what did you have to teach yourself and how did you do that in order to become what you are today? Obviously... There are many years and many things that happen. Uh, I'm not saying how old you are, I don't know, and, but I'm saying it, I, you have to have a certain career path in order to have this knowledge base, to know all these things. What did you go through in terms of teaching yourself everything? Because you're a self-taught type of person, it sounds like that.
1: Yes, yes. Takes so, one to
0: know one, by the way.
1: <laughs> yes, so I, I think one thing important to really think about is the skill set that you have as a prosecutor is very similar to the skill set you would have in sales because as a prosecutor you're selling your story to the judge or the jury so you really have amazing sales skills as a prosecutor so i went into finance on the sales side um so i brought that with me but what i really did is i spoke with the top producers what are you guys doing how are you doing it and I just really, really took time to learn the business because, you know, the sales skills I already had and I read all the books that were available to me. I, I read all the magazines, all the publications, anything and everything that I had to do around finance just so I could educate myself to be able to play in this field. And, you know, it, it wasn't easy, right? There's There were a lot of failures along the way. There were a lot of mistakes along the way. But the most important thing is that you learn from your failures and you learn from your mistakes. And that, that's what I did.
0: I love it. Um, and, and it's definitely, like you said, it's not easy, but you have to love finance or you have to really get attached to, to this world. What was exciting to you in it? Uh, The most exciting
1: part about doing what I do is that I actually get to help people. That's the part that really uh, empowers me to keep going and motivates me to keep going. Because, you know, when I provide a loan for someone, I am providing them an opportunity to reach their dreams. So I can't tell you how many times people, you know, after the deal is closed and they have bought the business that they've dreamed up their entire life, they come back to me and they're like, thank you so much. This has been my lifelong dream and you have helped me achieve it for me and my family. So that, that is what really motivates me to be in this field because it's not just about, it's really never been about me making the money. It's always been about helping others you know, reach their dreams and, and their financial
0: goals. You know what? It's incredible. Um, and it sounds like you're dealing both on the business side of things and meeting the people,
1: meeting yes. people
0: and helping them. And I'm sure that you get, from your description that you gave in the very beginning, you, I'm sure that there are interactions with the large businesses, you know, mm-hmm. big business, and yeah. also the small businesses. And uh, I'm sure the, those experiences have very different types of, of uh, you know, of uh, feelings that you come out with. Uh, tell yes. us a little bit about that.
1: Yeah, so, you know, it, it seems like it's that very different, but at the end of the day, everyone wants to succeed in their business. So the, the really big business people, they have the same desires as the small business people, right? Because it's it, they're they're in a different league, but they still have the same desires. So. I really do enjoy, though, being with the small business people the most. And here's why. Because that's where you get the most bang for your buck. That's where you get the most, oh my gosh, I'm so excited. This is my first business and I've never done this before. And thank you for helping me do this. Um, They're the ones that you really are, they're getting their foot in the door and you're helping them do that. Now the larger businesses, when I speak with them, they're also very excited because they have another level that they want to reach. So they've reached level X and they, they want to go to level Y. So um, that is definitely a more sophisticated conversation that, that you have, um, but it's not any less me- meaningful because I think that they also have goals and you helping them achieve their goals is, is what really gets me going. So I get to do that as well with the larger businesses.
0: Well, what a perspective. Um, you know what? Digging into exactly what you do today, meaning mm-hmm. you came through all types of loans, obviously coming from financing in terms of the sales part of it, the sales, and, and that's a great way, by the, by the way, to get in because everybody needs right. a salesperson. And to train a salesperson, you don't need to know everything because if someone needs like a deeper education, then you move them up to another person to close. But yes. a salesperson is a great way to start and then you became what you are today, basically, which is basically you originate the loans yourself, and you you go through all the details. And you know what? We are a commercial real estate show, so we're going to start from the commercial real estate sure. side of things. And uh, what I want to ask you is, please, you know what? Before we talk about commercial real estate, before we talk about any type of business, mm-hmm. can you please explain the type of loan that you deal with today? Because I... I know it's exciting. So, if you could tell us just about that for now, and then we'll take it from there. Sure. So,
1: for a commercial real estate, we do 7a financing. We also do 504. Like I said, we're starting to do that, but mainly it's 7a financing, and those loans are um, 25-year fully amortizing loans. They're good. so so they're great, and they're typically for specialty use real estate. So. Um, gas stations, car washes, assisted living, restaurants, anything that's non-generic type real estate is what we would finance because typically you don't use the 504 program for those loans. You can, but it's just difficult. Most banks won't do it. So we use the the 7A program.
0: And then you can all- I just want to ask one question. I'm sorry. I, I want to take it from there. You said car wash restaurant. You gave another example because I have questions about those. Go ahead.
1: Yes, uh, gas stations, assisted gas station. living. Okay, go ahead. Yeah, anything that's specialty use. That's a single, single
0: use property. Interesting. Okay. Um, and here's the question. Why do you need a special loan for those? Because they have higher risk. That's why.
1: Because what happens is, for example, if you have a generic piece of real estate, let's say a warehouse, right? And at any given time, if, for example, the the loan goes bad, you can, the bank can liquidate that property. And it's a lot easier to liquidate a property that's generic. So another business can come and buy it and do whatever they want with, with it versus something that's special to you. So if it is a restaurant and it has a kitchen and has all that. If you're going to sell that property again, you're going to have to find another restaurant buyer, right? You, you, you can't make a restaurant into a hotel and hotels are also special to use. So the risk is a lot higher. And that's why you use the SBA 7A program, because when you use the SBA loan, I don't know if most of your um, listeners know the government provides 75% guarantee on that loan. So the government tells the lender, hey, lender, if you do an SBA loan under the program, if the loan goes bad, we will guarantee 75% of the loan. So that allows lenders to take more risk.
0: I got it. Um, Are those single tenant mostly? Mostly, yes. Yes, because- That's what makes them risk, obviously, the risk- uh the risky part of it. So Absolutely. tell me something. What is the in incentive? Why would the lender make a loan that sounds so beautiful, like 25 years amortized, a beautiful, it sounds like heaven type of loan? Uh, <laughs> yes. what, what, is the, what is the loan to cost or loan to value um, for those type of deals? And why would the lender take the beating? Meaning, if sure. it happens. I mean, Sure. As I
1: indicated, um, their exposure is only 25% loan to value, because if the loan does go bad, the government guarantees 75% of it. So their exposure is a lot lower. And also for 7A loans, the lenders typically sell them in the secondary market. And there's a big market for that. So once the loan is closed, then the lender can sell the 7A product in the secondary market and make a lot of money off of it.
0: And it's a very profitable business is it sold as a as a bond meaning it it's like uh, you actually bundle it with other with other with yeah. other loans yes so, so you, stuff so like you that? bundle the loans yeah They're you bundle the loans
1: yes you you bundle them and you sell them yes
0: i got it so it's one of the cmbs type of a thing mm-hmm. and what is the rating for those for the most part
1: it really i you mean the the, the rating for the loans itself
0: for the for the, the rating for the bonds meaning obviously it's the loans, but when you form a bond, meaning when you come into CNBS sure. and you have like this bundle. Okay. Yeah. And, and you want to sell it as a bond, obviously, because that's what it's sold in the free market at, you know, yeah. later on. Um, what type of ratings do they get? You know what? I having, know. having said that these are high risk type of loans.
1: Yes. And unfortunately I don't know the answer to that because I don't work in that area at all. I don't, right. I don't know very much about that. So for that the loan the itself. Process. Yes. Yeah, I, I, again, like I said, I don't know what the rating is for the loans, but I know that there's a huge market for them. And, you know, That's the premiums. Amazing. Yeah. And the premiums on those loans are pretty high. I mean, they, they fluctuate, but, you know, anywhere between nine to 13% sometimes are the premiums on those
0: loans when you sell them. That's incredible. Yeah. That makes it so attractive and so amazing. Yes. Um, tell me something. You know, when you have those type of businesses, like you said, assisted living, car wash. Um, by the way, are hotels also in this uh, sector? Yes. Or? yes. Okay, so hotels, yeah, because hotels is use. like a whole yeah. big thing. Yeah. All these businesses, uh, when it comes to that, you have many times um, either uh, a ground lease. Sometimes it's uh, sometimes it's uh, it's a classic type of a triple net, you know, uh, mm-hmm. A situation and many times those type of things are the landlord is not connected to the business at all. So who gets the lending? The business or the landlord? Is that a real estate type of a loan or it's a it's it's the land meaning or it's for the business? So all
1: SBA financing is lent to the business and the business has to occupy the property. By at least 51%. So if you're going to buy a piece of property through the SBA program, Mm -hmm. your current business has to occupy the property by at least 51%. Okay. So so, it's not a landlord tenant situation. I
0: got it. So 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 let me let me understand it better. I have, let me better understand it. I have um I have a property. I want to buy it. I don't want to make it it's gonna be a gas station, like a gas station, whatever it is. I don't know what it is a Wawa or something else, whatever it is, convenience sure. store, beautiful whole thing, money maker, beautiful deal. And I want to buy it and I want to get the right tenant in. Who is coming to get the loan? You said the business, but I need also a loan because I want to purchase the property. Meaning obviously it's all meaning whether it's leased or not leased, maybe it is. I have a long-term lease there. I don't know what I have there. But who's going to get the loan? Um, I'm the landlord. I want to get something for it. It's going to cost me, let's say $3 million. I have $700,000 and I want to get a loan. Can I get that loan? Or, it's just, or, or I have to get the tenant first and then I'll be able to get the loan? Or no, you have it.
1: to be the tenant. You have to be the tenant. I got it. It has to be at least 51% occupied by your business. So you can never have... Like you can have a piece of property. Let's say you 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 can buy a building, okay, and then your business. Let's say you're an architectural firm, for example, occupies fifty one percent, and then you can lease out the other forty nine percent. But you have to at least occupy fifty one percent of the property, and the loan is given to the business. So your business has to cash flow for the loan. So the cash flow of your business has to be enough to pay the entire loan back.
0: I got it. So, so going back to the question, because I'm, mm-hmm. I'm really trying to understand mm-hmm. if I'm buying it. So I have to own a part of the business, but it sounds like that if, if, uh, if there's a landlord and you have already a prospect, you have a tenant and he's coming in, he can get the loan. Is it only for him? Can you enjoy it as a landlord? Is there a way that both tenant and landlord can enjoy it or it's not? It's just-
1: No, it's not. The the tenant has to buy the property from the landlord.
0: Oh, he has to buy the property from the landlord. I got it. So this works mostly for the McDonald's types like that are coming in and they just start getting the whole thing meaning yes. they're getting the building they're getting the ground they're getting the whole thing and obviously they own the, the business so yes. this is really for the combination of businesses who own the land hotels who are going to own the property yes exactly yes. the I business got it. has
1: to own the property
0: yes i got it okay so now guys we understand it's for businesses <laughs> who actually own properties it's not for a landlord who is who's going to lease it out no It's not not for them. It's not for a tenant alone who's just going to be there and pay the rent, as we call it, pay the lease, pay whatever it is. It's for the tenant. It's it's for the business who actually owns the property. That's who this is for. I got it. This is beautiful. Okay. Yes. So this is a beautiful loan, by the way. This is an excellent type of a setup, meaning for everyone who wants to get into it. I think this is very exciting i think this is great um tell us you know a little bit more about the m a situation of that um sure so
1: b- before before we get into that let me, let me tell you another thing that you can do that is even more exciting is that when you use the 7a program for commercial real estate purchases if it is a rent replacement deal for, for our bank, for example. So let's say that your business, you have your business, you're paying rent at your current location. Okay. Now, either you want to buy that location or you want to move your business to another location. If that is the case, we can provide you with 100% financing. So that's even more exciting. And we roll wow. in the closing costs. Yeah. We roll in, we can even roll in improvements, all of that. So you don't even have to come out, come out with a dollar out of your pocket for those types of transactions. And it doesn't have to be specialty use. It doesn't have to be a car wash gap, whatever. It can be generic use, but if oh. that is the case, you're replacing that your rent payment with the payment for our loan. We could do hundred percent financing on that. So that's that really t- 1031 important. exchanges. Um, yeah. I mean, I, I don't, I don't see why not. I mean, if it's, if you're just moving a property. Yeah. As long as you have the money. Sure. And it's, and it's hundred percent financing on
0: those. That's incredible. That's yeah. very good to hear. So anyone who got into this situation and now wants to move forward and move to another property has the possibility of getting a hundred percent financing. Yeah. This is really, really amazing. Yep. All right. This is great. Okay. Now I want to really, you know, get to another exciting part, which we don't get to talk about it a lot, obviously, mm-hmm. and you get to see it, the MA situation. So what I want to know is obviously, I want to focus more on the bigger business type of things, okay? Sure. We'll talk about the small business later, but first let's start with the big businesses because they buy commercial real estate and they buy commercial real estate entities and companies and corporations, et cetera, to swallow them in and have all these properties inside. How does that work in your world?
1: So in in my world, that's a little tougher because our maximum loan amount is $5 million through the SBA because we only do SBA financing. And um, SBA requires a personal guarantee from anyone that owns 20% or more of the business. So that automatically knocks out a lot of like the private equity guys and those larger businesses because they don't want to provide a personal guarantee for, for those loans.
0: Right. So you, so you need someone who directly owns the business? Uh,
1: yeah. So someone, ha- someone that directly owns the business and they have to provide a personal guarantee. And a lot of those private equity guys with the larger companies do not they can't want to do, it do that. Yeah, right. You can't really do it. Yeah, exactly.
0: Right. That makes sense. Can yeah. you give us like a sort of an example of a deal that you went through, obviously without disclosing names sure. and stuff. Just give us sure. an example of an exciting deal and how did it work, the complexity, the creativity that you had to use. Uh, that, that's going to be exciting to hear.
1: Sure, sure. So um, we had a, um, we, we had a deal where there was an existing, um, it it was a dental lab. So this person owned a dental lab and he wanted to expand. So um, he wanted to expand and purchase another dental lab. So first of all, in that type of um, expansion, we were able to finance the expansion, 90% loan to value, so only had to bring in 10%. And he also wanted to buy that property. So that now he's buying the business and he's buying the commercial real estate. And in our, in our business, um, if the, the commercial real estate is worth $1 more than the business, you can do a 25 year amortization on the entire thing. So he came to us because other banks, weren't that creative. They were like, okay, well, you have to do two loans. You have to do one for the business acquisition and one for the real estate, or they didn't really know how to structure it. They didn't know how to, how to work around it. And they weren't really able to provide 90% financing. And, um, so we were able to think through that and we do a blended amortization if the business is worth more, but in this instance, Um, the real estate is worth more. We did 25 year amortization on the entire thing. He only had to do one loan, which was a lot less complicated, only had to bring in 10%. And he was very, very happy because it was like really the best solution for him. And he got to occupy and expand. So um, that's, that's just one way to think through it. And then we've had other businesses where, you know, it's a combo commercial real estate business acquisition, but the business is worth more. So if that's the case, You do a blended amortization, which comes to about 16 to 17 years. So, and it's also, you know, still one loan versus like having one loan for business acquisition at 10 years and one year,
0: one loan for commercial real estate at 25. Oh, how exciting is that? This is such a, you know, it's a different world and a different perspective that you get when you do all those things. It's amazing. Yes. Uh, What type of interest rates and what type of, you know, real numbers, if you could bring us down to earth type of... uh, how it is, like the loan, the interest rate, this, how much is in the numbers, what a business in order, you know, to actually survive and make the debt service. Sure. So,
1: um, so for commercial real estate, we look for a debt service of 1.2 in the most recent year, which is, which is really good. We go out 25 year fully amortizing and the rate is prime plus 150. So whatever prime is, primes is three and a quarter right now is plus 150. And that is a variable rate that adjusts quarterly. Now we do offer fixed rate options. They're on the higher end. But um, right now, you know, the best thing to do is do the variable rate, because even if the rates go up, they're not going to go up that high. And the prepayment penalty on commercial real estate loans uh, for the 7A program is only three years. So it's 531. So after the, after the third year, you can refinance, no problem. And, and, and we'll do, like I said, 90% loan to value on most. And then on rent replacements, we'll do 100%. So that's for commercial real estate. And then for mergers and acquisitions, debt service coverage is 1.5, um, which is a little bit higher and we will go out 10 year fully amortizing. But on those loans, there's no prepayment penalties. So you could pay them off at any time. And the rate is prime plus 250. And that is a variable rate, again, that adjusts quarterly. Um, There are fixed rate options available, but just at a higher rate.
0: Sounds to me like people would start saying, I wanna now own the property and I wanna own the business. It's so exciting. It's an amazing thing. tell me something in order to get into the process, it sounds to me that due to the fact that these are very creative loans, they Mm -hmm. require the knowledge because they come and touch the real estate and touch the business. And this is a business within a business. The real estate is a business of its own. And then the business on top is a business of its own. You're talking about two types of valuations, two types of appraisals, two type uh, different types of professionals who come into the picture and do those things and uh, several types of legals. So there's, I would say the origination sounds quite complex, even though it's very attractive. Can you shed some light on that?
1: It sounds complex, but um, since this is all we do, we make it very, very streamlined. I mean, this is, the, the, the borrowers really, um, don't feel a lot of the pain or or a lot of a lot of what's going on in in, in the background just because we've automated it and we've gotten to a point where it's so smooth. So really, the process um, is it, this is the this is the way the process works. We send you out a needs list of the items that we need to um, get a pre approval for the loan, and after we get that information, between three to five business days, we can issue you an LOI, which is a yes or no and that LOI has already been vetted with our credit administrator. So you, so there's not going to be any surprises. So once you sign off on the LOI, you send that back to us, we go into full underwriting, that takes about two weeks. And then if there isn't anything different that we've learned, anything new, right, that we've learned in underwriting that we didn't know before, we issue you a commitment letter, you sign the commitment letter, you send that back to us, we order the appraisals, we order all all the stuff in the back. And then it's two to three weeks to get the appraisals back and two to three weeks for closing these those items. So, so it's within very, a month,
0: I can get the money.
1: It sounds like no, it. Not, not a month. It's it's about 45 to 60 days.
0: 45 from the time to, you, Okay. Yeah. That's all okay, yeah. it makes sense. But it's uh I, I think it sounds very meaning worthwhile, meaning when you have that type of a business to go through this whole thing instead of going and 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 you know thinking about an acquisition loan meaning to get into a permanent loan or yes. uh, and then on top of it to go to, to get a business loan it sounds like it sounds like a solution how long does this 7a loan exist because i heard at the same time and I, meaning i know about stuff going on but this thing is like it's a new thing to me how long does it exist and the educational curve of people to come and get to know it Tell us a little
1: yeah, this, bit about that. The 7A program has has been around for, you know, a very long time. It for and most people don't know about it. That's why like they think it's a new program and it's not. It's been here and it's it's not really going anywhere. Incredible. And again, the SBA doesn't fund the 7A. Everyone thinks that SBA funds 7A programs and we don't. The bank itself funds the program. The SBA just says guarantees. if the loan goes bad, yeah, guarantees it, right? So it's the bank's money. that that we're lending out. And we don't don't really see it going anywhere. It's a very, very active program and it's very necessary because it really fuels the economy because it allows lenders to finance loans that we normally would not finance. So most lenders will not give you a dollar unless you have a dollar in assets, okay? That's usually the way it works. And for example, a business acquisition, if you're acquiring a software company, There's no assets in a software company, right? So, because of that, you're not going to get financing. The only way you're going to do it is through the SBA 7A program and a
0: lender like us who will finance those collateral
1: shortfalls. How
0: many times a day do you get people to come to you and say, Oh my God, I never heard about it? (laughs) A lot.
1: Many, many times. Yes. Many times, especially why why isn't it?
0: Why why isn't it out there? Why is it? And I heard, by the way, and, and the way I got to invite you to this podcast is I was impressed by your, uh, by one of your posts, meaning I think I saw you invited to speak somewhere. I can't remember, mm-hmm. but I, I followed one of your posts to see what, what you actually, what you actually have, you know, in your shop. Yes. In the bank. And I said, oh my gosh, this is a new thing. This could be really exciting. Yeah. And it's not new, but it's still exciting. And that's why I asked that question. And why is it not known for years and years? Because not a lot of banks
1: do this type of financing. Okay. So if you, no major bank does this type of financing. So most people, if you want a loan, right, you're going to go to Wells Fargo, or you're going to go to, you know, whatever bank that you're currently with. And we, you know, you don't just do a lot of research to, to figure out, okay, who would do this type of financing? So most banks don't do it. We're one of the few banks in the country that do non-collateralized lending where we, where we actually finance those collateral shortfalls. I can think of a handful of banks in the country that do it. So that's why most people don't know about it. And what is collateralized?
0: That means uh, for every dollar no, that they- I, I know, I'm asking what is actually collateral? What, what is the collateral here? The real estate and the business or just one of them?
1: Well, well, typically they would want um, the assets in the business and the real estate. So if the business, for example, doesn't have enough assets to cover the loan, right? To cover the loan amount, there's a collateral shortfall. And even if there is, th- typically, even if there is real estate, for example, they're not going to give you 100% loan to value on your real estate or, or 100% credit on your real estate. They will give you 85%. So there's always some sort of collateral shortfall on the loans, and, and banks usually, like I said, will not finance large collateral shortfalls. They may do a ten percent shortfall, something like that, but we will, you know, if, even if there's no collateral in the deal, we will finance the deal based on cash flow. So we look to historical performance of the business to pay back, back our debt. I'm sorry. I'll three years. Back. Three years. Three
0: years. Yeah. I got it. That's very very interesting. So it means that you have everything is creative basically, from the origination to actually checking the risk factor, the yeah. risk assessment. Everything here is uh, is on a creative base, and it's so amazing that people just don't know about this type of a thing, and this is uh, sure. mind-boggling to me. <laughs> so uh, first of all, this is exciting, and I'm happy to have it here and to tell people um, if you own real estate and you own businesses in. The real estate, and Mm -hmm. uh, especially if you're hotel people, hospitality people, assisted living, nursing homes, um, whatever you guys do, and you have specialty type of a business that owns the property, you have to get in touch with Patty because uh, she has the solution for you guys. Um, Tell me something, Patty. In terms of the location, Mm -hmm. are you focused only on the West Coast or also? No, I I lend nationwide nationwide. Yes. And, and if you could give us a little bit of a layout where most of your clients come to you from in the country. Yeah. So most of our clients, so we do obviously
1: a lot of business, California, we do a lot of business in Texas, Florida, uh, New York, New Jersey, and in like the Chicago area. Those are really the main hubs where we do business, but, I, but there has not been a state where I haven't done business in. I, have done business in, you know, all,
0: all 50 states. So how do you get to people? People get to you. You have uh, uh, branches over there that uh, take care of that, or they just get to you? No,
1: no, no. They, what what I do is um, as, as you found me, I build all my business up on LinkedIn. So I just reach out. Yeah. So I, I reach out to business brokers and commercial real estate brokers and um, I tell them exactly what I do. And like you, most people have no idea that this type of financing exists. So that, that's where I get most of my business. It's
0: amazing. And how um, functional were the commercial real estate brokers, meaning the finance brokers, were to your business?
1: Oh, huge. I mean, I, I get all of my business that way. I mean, I, I, 90, I would say 99%. There are times where people will just come to me directly that they right. want to buy a business, but 99% of my business comes from uh, M&A intermediaries. You know, M&A bankers, brokers, commercial real estate brokers, loan brokers. 99% of my business comes to me that way.
0: That's amazing. Investment bankers, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera also, probably. That's yes, investment
1: that- bankers that where they where they get deals that are too small for them, um, or a lot of these investment bankers want to branch out and do deals on their own where they are able to provide um, personal guarantees. So
0: that's when they come to me too. I got it. Yeah. You know what? We, we learned an amazing thing today. We learned an, oh. an incredible oh. thing today. And this is Great. really, really exciting. Um, you know what? I think we will leave it that. That's, that's incredible. If you could tell before we said our goodbyes, if you could give a tip for people who come, first of all, You know, going through a career path just like yours who came from being, you know, an attorney who has nothing to do with finances (laughs) and taught herself everything. What would you suggest to people who want to change careers, shift careers in the middle of their lives and do something different or uh, go to finance or go to another thing that requires finance knowledge? Give them a tip how to do it. Uh, First
1: you have to believe in yourself and take a risk. You have to take that risk because there's, you know, the old adage, no risk, no reward. So it's going to be risky. It's going to be scary, but you're going to have to take that leap. And if you take that leap and you put your heart and soul into learning this new project or this new business that you want to do and not be discouraged not be discouraged by failures, not be discouraged by your mistakes, you will succeed. You just have to work your butt off and have confidence in yourself and bet on yourself. And if you do that, um,
0: I promise you, you will succeed in your new career. You heard it guys, straight from LA. What an advice, I love it. Tell us uh, Patty, how how can people find you? You said LinkedIn um, is our website, only LinkedIn. You guys sure. can see so, the links, of course, below or, <laughs> or above. Yeah,
1: on LinkedIn. Um, you can also find me on the First Bank. It's firstbanksba.com. I am also on that web- website. Or um, my email is p e h s a e i at
0: firstbanksba.com. Beautiful. I love it. Patty. thank you so much for being with us.
1: Thank and you for educating having us me.
0: with this. You're welcome and educating us with this tremendous, tremendous uh, uh, aspect of debt, which for me was a revelation, and I'm sure for many other people who are listening. And uh, keep on doing what you're doing. It sounds amazing. Thank you so much. This was a lot of fun. Appreciate you having me on. No problem. My pleasure. You guys, I'm going to see you in the next show. Hey, guys, thanks for joining me in this CRE Shark Eye Show. I hope you enjoyed it. And go subscribe, download, do whatever you guys need to do. And I'll see you in the next episode. Take care of yourselves.